I'm Claire. And I'm Liz. And this is The Balancing Act, a podcast where we talk about law, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Balancing Act. I realized that we didn't even commemorate. Our last episode was our 20th episode, so we'll have to commemorate (laughs) our 21st episode. Um, almost full adult, right? right? Yeah, it's like our 21st <laughs> birthday. This is going to be our power hour. Oh, and how appropriate that this episode we're talking about how to hire attorney. Yes, that actually is a question that people ask me quite a bit, because I think a lot of people don't need to hire attorneys that right. often, and so they're nervous about how the process works and just how to get started. Claire, what would you recommend someone do if they realize that they might need a lawyer? Well, I think the first thing is you want to reach out and you always want to reach out to more than one attorney because finding the right attorney for whatever type of case you might need an attorney for, you want to make sure that the attorney is a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. So whether that means you want an attorney who is just like you (laughs) or is totally opposite you or is close to where you live or close to where you work, whatever, whatever is important to you, make sure that your attorney meets kind of what you need that attorney to meet. But I think the the best thing is to start off, at least with my office, is an initial phone call. And so you can do that either by calling and saying, hey, can I set up an initial phone call? Or you can send me an email and say, hey, can I set up an initial phone call? But that initial phone call is kind of the first step. And in my office, I do initial phone calls. But in general, honestly, my preference is to have a free initial consultation. Like an in-person meeting? if possible. It just feels like I get a better idea of what's going on and can, you know, just like my personality in general, I feel like it works better for me to meet the person. But if someone just cannot come in because either they're calling from out state or for whatever reason, like they're not able to come in and meet with me, I'm more than happy to do a phone call or FaceTime or Skype because I know that not everyone can come in for an initial consult. Right. So your first step would be an initial consult, whether face-to-face or by a phone call. We both offer free Mm -hmm. initial consultations. With the caveat, an initial consult doesn't mean free legal advice for yeah. uh, about whatever question that you have for as long as you want. Because you're not their attorney yet. Yeah. You know, I've had some instances where people have come in for a free initial consultation with like 30 questions about 30 different areas of law. <laughs> I'm like, I can't help you with that. So uh, an initial consult, in my opinion, is a way for the attorney to get to know you to make sure that there's no conflict, right? Because right. they should ask you your name and the opposing party's name if there's or other people party. involved yes. and it's a time for you to get to know the attorney and know if you guys are a good match right yep yeah so with my initial consultations i'll start by asking some basic information names who's involved what is it that they want what county do they live in mm-hmm. and then depending on the case it kind of varies what Mm -hmm. additional questions I ask. And then I kind of give an overview of Minnesota law in Mm -hmm. estate planning or probate or whatever the area might be so that they can have some really 
basic knowledge mm-hmm. yes. as to how the process goes. And then I'm happy to answer some basic questions, but anything super specific to their case, I won't answer unless they actually retain me. Which is reasonable also because if it's a super specific question and I've only, you know, if Clara or I have only talked to you for like 10 or 15 minutes and we haven't seen any documents, yeah, our advice might, might be wrong. Yeah. And so that's another reason why I'm uncomfortable with saying, yes, I'm going to give you, you're going to know how to fight your case by the time that you yeah. walk out of my office. That's just not possible. And that's not what an, a, an initial consult is like. No. So another thing that I do is if someone sends me an email asking, you know, kind of like an inquiry email, we'll say, you know, oh, I need a divorce lawyer, for example. I have kind of my own generic intro email that will have a link to the intake packet that, you know, if if you want to fill that out, it's helpful. Usually a sample retainer agreement and then sometimes some other information in general, maybe about my rates or the area of law. How about you, Claire? Yeah. So after I talk with people on the phone, I'll say, would you like me to send an initial email with some general information and a questionnaire and a retainer contract? And I also have kind of a form email that I send. It sounds Perfect. like yeah. that's what you do too. And then I just ask that the client complete the questionnaire as much as possible before, if they do decide to hire and retain, before that meeting where we're going through everything to mm-hmm. get that questionnaire. Certainly there there's often times where they're like, I don't know how to fill out you know this one part. That's totally fine. Absolutely normal. But to at least get it started because that way if I do see some really like big missing information before the meeting, I can say, oh... You know, is it possible to bring, you know, this additional information or find this additional information before we meet? Always for me, at least, it's more helpful to have more documentation and information than less. Yes. But I do also know that when someone's calling a lawyer, especially in areas of law like family law or bankruptcy law, that you're probably pretty stressed out and in a hard point of your life. And so maybe at that time, it can seem overwhelming to start getting your paperwork together or fill out an intake document. And that's okay. You're not, you know, I always say it would be great if you fill this out, but if you're not able to get it all filled out before our meeting, you're not going to be the first person in the world to have that happen. Yeah. It just, it just makes other things take a little exactly. bit longer. Exactly. Um, you know, like if, if you fill out and the questionnaire is totally filled out, the most complete it can possibly be awesome. It's going to take yeah, less get time yep. to draft the documents and get them to you. And for some people, that's really important mm-hmm. to get that initial yeah. draft done really quick. And so they fill it out really thoroughly and that's great. Mm-hmm. And if it's not filled out as thoroughly, that just means that I send you with a list of additional information that I need. And then it just takes a little bit longer to get those, that initial draft done. So so Claire, if someone calls you and they do the initial phone call and you send them that email, what is the next step? If someone says, I want Claire to be my lawyer, what do they do? The next step would be to set up a meeting to retain where we go through the questionnaire and I make sure I understand kind of more detailed information from them Mm -hmm. than that initial phone call. 
and to make sure I fully understand what they want in their estate plan or what their plan is with their divorce or whatever, mm-hmm. or if it's a probate, who all the people are mm-hmm. <laughs> and what all the stuff might be. Sometimes we don't know everything with that, but at least we know like who the grandkids are, or who the siblings are, whatever mm-hmm. the case might be, because that initial meeting really kind of fills in all of the gaps. Mm-hmm. So that that's what I need before I can start drafting any documents. How about you? For me, I would say I would need some sort of intake paperwork or, you know, basic information. I need the signed retainer agreement. Yes, that And too. the retainer payment. And ideally, again, a client would be able to have a meeting with me to retain. But again, if they're not able to come into my office, there are ways where, you know, you can sign the retainer agreement and scan email it to me. Yep. And you can or pay mail it, it in. Yeah, pay it online. Yep. So... It's not, you know, if your work schedule makes it really difficult to get in, that doesn't mean that you can't retain. And if that's something that you're concerned about when you're looking for an attorney, you know, if you're concerned about being able to meet with them during regular business hours or whatever else, you want to know like how electronically connected they are, you should ask, you know, kind of what what are your norms for communication? What options are there if, if I'm not able to call you during the day, for example. Right. I know some clients, you know, if their work schedule as such, will send me an email and they know full well because they send it at 1130 at night that I'm not Mm going to respond right then, but they'll get a response the next day. Mm -hmm. I also know that some clients prefer so like Zoom or FaceTime or Skype or something Mm -hmm. like that, like we talked about, because that just, you know, it's too much to leave their office to come to your office. And so a quick meeting like that is, no a, is a great option. I do offer some evening appointments too, mm-hmm. not every evening because I need time with my family. Yeah, but yeah. certainly if you say, oh, hey, can we meet at, you know, seven o'clock, you know, this mm-hmm. one night, as long as that works in my schedule, I'm usually okay with that. And then we talked kind of about how it's good to contact more than one attorney. Yes. Claire, are your feelings hurt when someone says that they're going to consult with someone else? No. In fact, usually in my initial phone call, I say, and make sure you've talked with other attorneys. I want to make sure that you're finding the right one because that's good for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's frustrating when we have clients that aren't thrilled to be our client. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, we can tell that on uh-huh. our end. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's because they're not thrilled that they have to go through a legal process. But it's... It's just better for everyone if you can have a good attorney-client relationship. Absolutely. And I I always tell clients, I say, you're going to get an attorney for this case, or you really should get an attorney for this case. And it's great if it's going to be me, but I'm not, my feelings aren't going to be hurt if you find, you know, someone else who is a better fit, because it's your legal issue and it's your case. It's your life. Yep. And so... I want you to be happy and I want you to get a second or even third opinion. So that way, you know, all of your options and you feel like you've made the best choice for you. Yes, I agree. So after the client has retained you, what, what happens after that? It depends on the case, right? So like if there's a court date coming up, we're probably working towards that, but 
did I let the client know kind of what their expectations are. So like if they've hired me to draft some documents, I try and give them, you know, a general timeline by yeah. which they'll get their initial draft or anything like that. How about you, Claire? Yeah, at that initial meeting, that's when we kind of talk next steps. And mm-hmm. so that's exactly what it is, whether it's drafting documents, whether it's getting ready for a court hearing or another meeting or whatever mm-hmm. the case might be. And I do try and give a timeline for documents, too. But, of course, that can change if, like, mm-hmm. I'm waiting on information yep. or waiting on someone else, you know, maybe an opposing counsel mm-hmm. or something to get me yes. something. So sometimes that initial estimate mm-hmm. is off because... Of things that are beyond your control. Out of my control. That's right. But that's, I think that's kind of, at least Mm -hmm. if you're hiring Liz or I, Uh those are the steps. Other attorneys certainly might have a different process, but no attorney is going to be offended if you say, what's the process for hiring? Or what does it look like to hire someone in your office? Mm -hmm. Because whether it's a receptionist or if you're speaking with the attorney directly, anyone should be able to tell you, like, it's a phone call or a meeting or it's Mm -hmm. a, you know, you have to fill out this questionnaire before you talk to with anyone, I don't know, whatever, they Mm -hmm. should be able to explain that to you. 